Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This is Abdul Nasser Jengda, and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariyah on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us Jazakumullahu khairan wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillahi alihi dhati azim al-sifati sami al-simati kabir al-sha'an Jalil al-qadir al-rafi'i al-dhikri muta'i al-amri jalig al-burhan Fakhim al-ismi ghazil al-ilmi wasil al-hilmi kathir al-ghufran جميل الثناء جزيل العطاء مجيب الدعاء يعميم الإحسان سريع الحساب شديد العقاب أليم العذاب عزيز السلطان ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له في الخلق والأمر ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله المبعوث إلى الأسود والأحمر المنعوت بشرح الصدر ورفع الذكر وصلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه الذين هم خلاصة العرب العرباء وخير الخلائق بعد الأنبياء أما بعد فيا أيها الناس وحد الله فإن توحيد رأس الطاعات واتقوا الله فإن تقوام لك الحسنات وعليكم بالسنة فإن السنة تهدي إلى الإطاعة ومن أطاع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهتدى وإياكم والبدعة فإن البدعة تهدي إلى المعصية ومن يعص الله ورسوله فقد ضل وغوى وعليكم بالإحسان فإن الله يحب المحسنين وادعوه فإنه مجيب الداعين واستغفروه يمددكم بأموال وبنين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم واضرب لهم مثلا أصحاب القرية إذ جاءها المرسلون In Surah Yasin the 36th chapter of the Quran a surah that we are familiar with, and a surah that is very near and dear to the hearts of many. There's a narration, graded as Hassan as acceptable, in which the Prophet ﷺ even says that that every single thing has a heart, a core, and the heart of the Quran is Surah Yasin. And the Prophet ﷺ, this is a very powerful surah that should be in the regular um, recitation and reflection of every single believer. Somewhat so, the Prophet ﷺ advised us, Iqra'u yasina ala mawtakum. That when people are parting from this world, when they are in their final moments, read Surah Yasin upon them and to them. Because of the meaning and the power and the significance of the message of this surah. And in the very beginning of Surah Yasin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
The first theme of Surah Yasin is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is consoling and comforting the Prophet ﷺ. This was revealed in the middle of the Meccan era, the Meccan period. This was the, a time when persecution was very severe. Dozens and dozens of Muslims were being forced to flee their homes, their families, their cities, and go and seek asylum and take refuge in Abyssinia. In East Africa. And many Muslims were not able to disclose their faith. The ones whose faith was publicly known, the ones who had some kind of support and backing, were able to go about their lives but had to constantly look over their shoulders for fear of persecution and attack. And there were many of them who, whose Islam was publicly known and they did not have any kind of a support system that they were subjected to the worst forms of brutality. The stories of Bilal, the stories of Khabbab, the stories of Yasir, Sumayya, Ammar, radiallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'een. So in the midst of all of this, and all this pain and anguish, the Prophet was consoled by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this surah. And the beginning of the surah consoles the Prophet and comforts him and reaffirms him and strengthens him. And in the beginning of, that, of the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala delivers that message through a very powerful example. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَضْرِبْ لَكُمْ مَثَلًا أَصْحَابِ الْقَرْيَةِ إِذْ جَاءَهَا الْمُرْسَلُونَ Give them the example of the town, of a town in history. At some point in history before them, before Mecca, before the people of Mecca, when someone came to them with the message, now there's a little technicality, I'll just mention here briefly, so that it's on the record, so to speak, that there's some difference of opinion exactly what is the situation that it's talking about. From the verbiage of the Qur'an, Allah is talking about some town in some time before the Prophet ﷺ, and Allah mentions that someone was sent to them with a message, Mursalun, which could mean prophets and messengers were sent to them. However, we do have a narration from the companion of the Prophet ﷺ, Abdullah bin Abbas as quoted by Ibn Kathir, Qurtubi and others, in which he mentions that this was a very specific town after the time of Isa And he mentions that this was Antioch in Taqiyya. And that these people that came to them with the message were not prophets, but they were rather the disciples of Jesus. They were some of the followers of Isa But in any case, the gist of the message is, there was a town that did not believe in Allah, that was engaging in all other kinds of evil and oppressive practices, and they were harming themselves and others through the darkness of their hearts. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent some people to them to come there, and preach to them, and call them to Allah, and give them the message of the truth. Now I'm going to kind of go quickly, to, because there's a particular point I'd like for us to reflect on here today. Allah mentions that initially two people were sent to them. And they rejected both of these people. Both of these people that came with the message, the people rejected them. And they said, we don't want to listen to you. We don't accept you and what you are saying. فَعَزَّزْنَا بِثَالِثٍ 
Allah says, then we sent a third person to go and join the first two, to aid them and support them and collaborate with them. And then they gave them the message that, look, we are coming to you with the message that is from Allah. We are coming to you with the truth. And they rejected them by saying, no, you're just normal people just like the rest of us. And God has, God has not sent any message. You do not know what you're talking about. You have no authority here. You are just a bunch of liars. They responded to them by saying that, no, what we have is the truth. Allah knows it's the truth. We know it's the truth. And we're telling you. We're, we're pleading with you. We're, we're emphasizing to you that, listen, accept this. This is what's right. And this is what's wrong. Understand. And then they ultimately said, look, all we can do is give you the right message. That is all we are capable of doing. We don't have any other kind of authority or power over you. But we can give you the correct message and then it's on you to listen and accept that message. The people again pushed back against them more aggressively this time. And they said, you know what? You are a curse upon us. You have brought misery on us. You are making our lives difficult and challenging. And if you do not stop this, then we will kill you. And instead of just killing you, We will torture you first and then we'll kill you. They got to that point of aggression. These individuals who came to them with Allah's message, with the truth, with the haqq, they said that any kind of misfortune that you think that you are suffering from, that is because of your deeds. We all face the consequences of our own choices, our actions, and our deeds. Why are you resorting to such aggression? Why are you threatening us? Why? Because we just gave you the message, we told you what's right and what's wrong. You have crossed the line here. And now the narration describes that once this discussion reached this point, where they have said, we are going to torture you and we are going to kill you. They've threatened them. And the individuals with the message, with the truth, are saying that, why are you doing this? Why are you crossing this line? This is unreasonable. You need to listen. You need to open your mind. You need to open your heart. You need to understand what's right and what's wrong. The truth. And when it finally reached this point, and the narration describes that the mob was growing angrier and more and more restless, and it was at the brink of unleashing its fury upon these messengers, these people with the message of the truth, they were about to unleash their fury upon them. And it's very interesting the way Allah says it. Because in another place in the Quran, there's a different verbiage. Here Allah says, From way outside of town, what we would call the boonies, the sticks, the middle of nowhere. There was a man and he came running. And it's interesting, Allah first mentions before saying that, oh, this man came running, Allah first says, from the middle of nowhere. Why? Because Allah is explaining to us that this was a humble, simple man. He was of no consequence in that society. He didn't hold any kind of social status. 
He didn't command a lot of respect or authority in the eyes of those people. The place that he was coming from was also a place that was of no significance and no consequence. He represented nothing to these people, to the mob. He was a nobody from nowhere. And the narration even tells us his name was Habib, and he was a Najjar. He was a simple, humble carpenter. He used to build little tables and chairs for people. Again, not that we perceive people this way, but to, to drive home the message, to, the, to that mob, he was a nobody. And he comes running. And he says, Ya qawm, O oh my people, it's Sabi al-Mursaleen. He comes and he inserts himself right in between the mob and the messengers. And he inserts himself there and he says, Oh my people, follow them. Listen to them. Understand what they are saying. It's What are they asking you for? Are they asking you for your money? For your houses? For your properties? For your belongings? No. They are asking you to do the right thing for your own sake. It will cost you nothing and you will only benefit. And if you don't listen, it's not at their expense, it's at your own. If you do listen, they gain nothing and you gain everything. Why are you not able to understand this simple basic math? What's wrong with you? The mob, more agitated than ever, says, who are you and why do you care? Why would you listen to them? And he says, He says, listen to their message. Folks, listen to their message. Why would I not worship the one? What are they telling me to do? They're telling me to believe in Allah and worship Allah and obey Allah? Why would I not do that? Why would anybody not do that? When He is the one who created all of us and gave us everything that we have. And all of you have to go back and answer to Him. We are all accountable to Him. That in, what is the alternative? What is your alternative? That you worship all these idols and rocks and stones and symbols and shapes and other creation? To take all these gods other than Allah? If Allah decided to afflict some hardship upon you, they, your idols, your false gods, could not help you in the least bit, and they could not save you from what Allah decreed and decided upon you. And yet, you are prioritizing your nonsensical false devotion to these false idols and gods over what's right, over what's true, over what Allah has said? That makes no sense. If I was to do that, I'll be the first to admit, if I did that, then that means I am totally lost. I am astray. I'm the biggest fool of everyone. And therefore, listen very carefully all of you, he says to them. To this angry, agitated mob. I tell you loud and clear. 
I believe in your Lord. You just don't realize that he's your Lord. I believe in the truth that you are not willing to admit. The narration tells us that a lot of times, you know, when you hear a story like this, we're so used to kind of consuming a particular kind of narrative through entertainment, right? We're expecting what happens now. Everyone says, MashaAllah, Allahu Akbar, SubhanAllah. And everybody believed. And they all lived happily ever after. But it doesn't always go that way. Allah tells, the narration tells us that the mob <coughs> unleashed its fury upon that man. And they lynched him. They beat him to death on the spot. They crushed him. And Allah then tells us, giving us a glimpse of the afterlife. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fast forwards to the afterlife. Qil, the announcement is made. Udukhulil jannah. When that man's soul stands before Allah for reckoning, he is told, Udukhulil jannah. Enter into paradise. And then there at that time, that man says, Ya layta qawmi ya'lamun. I wish my people could know. I wish they could see this now. They could know this. They could realize this. Bima ghafarali. My Lord forgave me. Waj'alani minal mukrameen. And my Lord honored me. And what happened in the meantime? To the people who refused to listen and believe and committed this heinous crime on top of everything else. Allah said, I did not need an army to deal with them. I did not have to send an army. One blast. One instance, one moment. فَإِذَاهُمْ خَامِدُونَ And everyone fell dead. Destroyed and ruined. Not just in this world, but for all of eternity. And Allah says, يَا حَسْرَةً عَلَى الْعِبَادِ Why do my servants not understand? How sad of an end of a fate. Why don't they understand? Whenever messengers came to them, they would mock them and ridicule them instead of listening to them. Don't they put some thought into it and realize and understand? Reflect, look at history, look how many people came before and they ignored the truth and they neglected the truth and they defied Allah and look how they ended up. Allah destroyed them. They're never coming back to this world. They will never get another opportunity or a second chance. And everyone will be resurrected and will have to stand account before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ultimately one day. Now, how is this consoling the Prophet And what kind of wisdom can we find within this for ourselves to, to live and to implement immediately? 
obviously we see the example of the town being given to the people of Mecca or any other kind of mob and power that is corrupt and that is evil like we see in the world today massacring tens of thousands of our brothers and sisters conducting a genocide without any kind of you know uh, a reservation or hesitation it's a reminder look people have come on this earth and acted this way before but this is ultimately their end and conclusion and those messengers who came there are people the God-fearing, the honest, the sincere people, standing firm, speaking the truth, standing tall and strong. But they are bearing the brunt of it. But in that is a really remarkable example. That it, even if it was, those messengers were supported. They were supported by, a, by what people would have called a nobody from nowhere. By what those same people would have called the nobody from nowhere, those, the messengers were supported by someone like that, who came and stood and spoke on their behalf and was willing to make the ultimate sacrifice. And that person will be rewarded for their courage and their bravery, for their commitment to the truth, for unwavering in the face of such adversity. And Allah was consoling the Prophet ﷺ that you will not be on this journey alone. And that man, while those multiple messengers are only one man speaking for them, our one messenger ﷺ had an entire generation who dedicated themselves to him. And in the eyes of the community at that time, not for us, but in the eyes of the community at that time, they were again nobodies from nowhere. Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu came and stood and spoke on behalf of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam and shouted and screamed in the streets of Mecca, Ahadun Ahad. So much so that when the Prophet went on the journey of Al Isra wal Mi'raj, he said, Ya Bilal, Ya Bilal, Ma laka, what are you doing? So what, Ya Rasulullah? He said that, Sami'atu khashfana alayka. That when I was touring paradise on the night of Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj, I heard your footsteps in paradise. When Bilal walked on this earth, his footsteps echoed in the heavens. Because for those people, not for us, for those evil people at that time, he might have been a nobody from nowhere, but he stood and he spoke for the truth. And that was the consolation being given to the Prophet ﷺ. When they tried to murder him in the middle of the night, they tried to assassinate the Prophet ﷺ in the middle of the night, and he had to leave Makkah in the middle of the night and hide out in a cave. Allah did not make, it, make him do it alone. He had Abu Bakr with him the whole way. When the Prophet ﷺ had to walk all the way to Ta'if and preach to those stubborn people and they rejected him and they stoned him for three miles and then he had to walk all the way back to Mecca, Allah did not make him do it alone. Zayd ibn Haritha was with him the whole way. And this was the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And for me, that's the message I take from this today. There's of course so much we can take from this, 
the Quran is an endless treasure, a sea without shores. But this is the message I take from this today, is that I can be, right? We underestimate, I can't do anything. What can I do? How can I help? I'm not there. Nobody cares what I think. Nobody cares what I say. But I might be that nobody from nowhere. But that nobody from nowhere in, those, in the eyes of the people at that time, he's mentioned in the Quran, and he is, his mention is recited by every single person that reads Surah Yasin, Ilayomil Qiyamah. And that's the opportunity that is presented to all of us here today. Whatever the situation may be, always be on the side of the truth. I reference the situation, the tragedy being inflicted upon our ummah today, in Gaza and other places. Again, I need to understand what my role in that is. And this kind of doubting ourselves and, oh, I can't help anything or I can't do anything and who cares what I say or who cares what I think, he didn't think that. Bilal didn't think that. And that's why we remember them all the way till today. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with them. Barakallahu lana wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Azim wa nafa'ni wa iyaakum bilayati wa dhikri al-Hakim astaghfirullaha li wa lakum wa lisa'ili al-Muslimin fastaghfiruh innahu huwa al-Ghafur al-Rahim Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa al-aqibati al-muttaqeen wa salatu wa salamu ala sayyid al-mursaleen wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yumiddin قال الله عز وجل في كتابه المجيد بعد عوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى أزواجه وذريته اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم اهدنا وَاهْدِبِنَا وَاجْعَلْنَا سَبَبًا لِمَنْ اهْتَدَى اللَّهُمَّ عِنَّا عَلَى ذِكْرِكَ وَشُكْرِكَ وَحُسْنِ عِبَادَتِكَ اللَّهُمَّ أَحْسِنْ عَاقِبَتَنَا فِي الْأُمُورِ كُلِّهَا وَأَجِلْنَا مِنْ خِزْيِ الدُّنْيَا وَعَذَابِ الْآخِرَةِ اللَّهُمَّ وَفِّقْنَا لِمَا تُحِبُّ وَتَرْضَى وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَلَى النَّبِيِّ الْكَرِيمِ قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُ بِالْعَدْلِ وَالْإِحْسَانِ وَإِيتَاءِ ذِي الْقُرْبَى وَيَنْهَى عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنكَرِ وَالْبَغْيِ يَعِظُكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ اذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ يَذْكُرْكُمْ وادعوه يستجب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيم الصلاة